You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our first guest is Scott Stroshak. He is CEO of Excelsis, and I've invited Scott to join the show to discuss how his firm is helping middle market companies utilize voice communications and other cloud-based services as effective IT solutions to grow their business. This radio show is brought to you by our advertisers, Center Club, Community Bank, Decision Toolbox, Executives Unlimited, MBN Design, S&H Rubber, Strategic Market Intelligence, Sunup Group, TN Company, Tone Software, Turn Up the Volume, and UPS Protection. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs who are running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. To connect with me on LinkedIn, I am Richard Rick Franzi. CEO Peer Groups is my Twitter handle. And on your favorite podcasting software, type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, and you'll get our regular updates of our radio program that streams live on octalkradio.net. Scott, welcome to the program. Hi, Rick. How are you? I'm doing well. I'd like to thank Glenn Perkins of Renaissance Executive Forum Silicon Valley for bringing you to our attention and your firm, Extelisys. So tell me a little bit about your firm, Scott. Yeah, thanks, and thanks for uh, thanks for having me today. Uh, so, so essentially what our firm does, and as I like to say at, uh, at cocktail parties for the folks who have no idea what we really do, is uh, if, uh, if, if you sell to, uh, to other businesses and you have customers, Whatever you use to communicate with those customers, whether it's voice or video or email or chat or SMS or however you want to communicate with your customers, we help you choose the right solution, uh, install it, and maintain it for you. And how did you get into this? So I'm an, I'm an ex-AT&T guy. I was, uh, I was working for AT&T back in the, uh, in the mid-90s here in, uh, in the Bay Area. We're, we're based in uh, Northern California. And uh, it was right about the time that the uh, that the internet was starting to uh, to to make its presence known uh, around corporate America, um, and I saw the the need for someone to to go out and and sort of fill a need in the mid market space for someone to bring together the uh, the the new solutions coming out of a carrier like an AT and T or somebody like that to connect companies to the internet. Also, to, to, to sell solutions from Cisco. Cisco was a big partner of ours. There was a need for, for somebody to go into the mid-market and sort of explain all those technologies and what they meant uh, and how customers, my customers could use them to, to, to better their business. So um, after my stint at, uh, at AT&T, I, I saw the need to do that, and we went out and we, uh, we sort of filled that, that hole in the, in the mid-market. So when you say mid-market, can you describe the kind of companies that so, you work with? Yeah, so, so we have a, a pretty wide solution set, um, but our target market, I'd say, for most of the stuff that we do is sort of 20 users to about 2,000 users. So that's a, essentially what we consider sort of mid-market customers. Anything larger than that, we do have, we do have uh, customers larger than that in, in some of our uh, product sets that we support. But the majority, you know, ninety percent of our customers fall between that sort of twenty to twenty-five hundred user base. And what are you finding are some of the most interesting technologies that they're working with right now? So 
You know, what's, what's really hot right now, is, uh, which is great for, for us because it creates a little bit of, of chaos and uncertainty and questions in the, in the industry, which is always uh, good for us because we, we sort of pride ourselves of, on being the experts in what's going on in the industry. But this, this whole move to the, to the cloud, you probably uh, have heard about it or seen it on a billboard or read about it or... Uh, essentially, everybody in your uh, in your audience, I'm sure, has had uh, somebody talk to them about solutions in the cloud. Uh, so, so it's a really big opportunity for us to to work with customers in that mid market space on a on a cloud strategy. Uh, are they right for the cloud? Are there products that are right? Are there products that are wrong? So, so that's really the, the the probably the hottest thing going on in our in our industry right now is that is that transition. You know. The telecom space goes through these these transitions and, and sort of big shifts. We saw it in the in the mid '90s while I, while I was at AT and T. Things move into the to the internet, right? And everybody had to have a website, and it was really it was really disruptive. Back if you can think about a website being disruptive back right. in the mid '90s, it right. really was. It was. Uh, and then we had the migration in the early 2000s to the to the IP based telephony, right? The sort of disruption that's Cisco really played in the market of the traditional uh, phone system vendors, right? Some of whom, like Nortel, no longer exist because they weren't fast enough in that disruption. And then now we're seeing this this transition to to, to sort of renting these things rather than owning them and, and using your own resources to, to deploy things just to put things out in the cloud. So it's a, it's a good opportunity for us to, to work with our customers to, to figure out the right strategy for those things. You're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show. Scott Stroshak is our guest. He is CEO of Extelisys, and we're talking about kind of information technology and the latest trends and, and things that are happening. You, you mentioned uh, kind of voice and IP, and I'm wondering, Scott, can you share with us some of the recent trends in IP communication solutions like voice communications and video conferencing? Uh, yeah, sure. So, so, so again, too, the, probably the biggest one is is that move from, uh, from from me owning it, and by me I mean my, my cust- our, our customers owning it themselves, operating it themselves to to doing things in the cloud. It, it's not necessarily right for 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 everybody. Um, so there's there's certainly options that you need to look at and figure out why it's right, why it's wrong. But uh, it's certainly that move to the cloud that's, uh, that's, that's certainly got everybody thinking about what's next and what do they want to do and are those products right for them. No, so it's essentially the, you know, you, all the feature functionality that uh, exists in a, in a premises-based phone system. Now you can get much of it in the cloud and you don't have to uh, maintain uh, expensive equipment or, uh, uh, or, or make the changes on your own and, and, and have a staff to, to do things like that. So. So, so that's certainly one of the one of the big changes that that we're going through. And then the other big change that we're going through is as the the em, em, employment population gets younger, uh, the way they communicate change, has changed dramatically. You bring in a a, a millennial, a, a young to mid twenty something, uh, they may not understand what voicemail is all about. They're sure they probably have it on their. Uh, on their cell phone, but mm-hmm. they probably rarely make voice calls, and uh, they probably don't use voicemail nearly the way you know folks in in my generation uh, would. Uh, so the transition to uh, if you have a younger em, 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 uh, employee base, 
how do you make them feel comfortable with uh, with technology, right? So it's the move to 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 chat and to SMS away from you know, email, voicemail. Certainly, uh, that's a dynamic going on. And then we've finally reached, after I don't know, call it thirty years, uh, a tipping point on video conferencing. So it was probably. Uh, you know, Apple and, and FaceTime that, that brought it to the to the masses, and the fact that uh, sort of network bandwidth has become cheap enough to, to support high quality of video conferencing. That in the last you know five years or so, we've really reached a tipping point in video conferencing. So if if video is not you know part of of your uh, toolkit and how you communicate with customers, how you communicate with employees. Uh, it, it certainly needs to be because uh, customers expect it. Certainly, younger generation employees uh, expect it. So, uh, and, and it, there's a, a, a ton of, of great uh, options out there for for uh, enterprise video conferencing. Sure, you know, there's FaceTime. You can just turn on your iPhone and FaceTime with somebody else. It's probably not the best enterprise solution. Um, right. So there's there's great solutions out there that are relatively inexpensive, and so if it's not your part of your toolkit, it, it definitely needs to be in, in today's uh, today's world. Well, it sounds like the responsibility for managing all these disparate uh, pieces of equipment and different types of platforms that uh, employees are using has made the job of uh, the the IT department within a company of two to two thousand employees much more complicated than it used to be. So. Um, th- so that's that's true, right? There's lots of platforms that uh, that IT folks need to support. However, as the these platforms have evolved, the, the management of them has gotten uh, easier. Um, the the web interfaces to manage them have gotten easier. The end user usability has gotten better, right? So so a lot of IT challenge over the years has been. You know, we put in this video conferencing system in the in the conference room, but nobody knows how to use it. So every time somebody wants to do a video conference, I have to run down to the you know to the boardroom and set it up or something like that. So uh, the products have gotten themselves have gotten just much easier to use. So it sort of takes that um, responsibility away from from IT to to some some extent. And most of the products uh, out there uh, can be had in some sort of cloud based. Uh, system such that you know IT staff doesn't need to be involved uh, at, at all, other than perhaps you know making the the, the choice of which solution is right for uh, for for your company, um, and then you know deploying it in a in a cloud based solution where essentially somebody else is responsible for the for for the management of it. So IT can focus on you know maybe some of the the, the more important business driver. Uh, things rather than you know some of this infrastructure stuff that we're talking about. Wow, that was encouraging. Thank you, Scott Stroshak. We're going to take our first commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Uh, when we come back, I wonder if you would be willing to share that your co- I know your company offers educational webinar series, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about the kind of things that you guys use that platform for. Absolutely, love to. All right, so don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in a few short minutes with Scott Stroshak. He is CEO of Extelisis, and we'll be back after these words from our valued sponsors. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. 
His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Are you looking for your successor? Someone as dedicated and experienced in their field as you? Executives Unlimited delivers the top executive talent you need for your company's long-term success. 98% of our clients re-engage us for additional hires, and over 90% of the executives placed by us since 2007 are still in their positions or have been promoted. That's twice the industry's average retention rate. How do we do this? Dedication. Executives Unlimited believe success isn't success until it's long-term. Call us to invest in your long-term success. 562-627-3800 or visit us at executivesunlimited.com. Let our long-term success leverage yours. Today's businesses are embracing voice over IP telephones and unified communication desktop technologies to more effectively communicate and collaborate with their customers, suppliers, and colleagues. The Reliatel management software from Tone Software Corporation helps organizations of all sizes manage their communications technologies to ensure great voice quality and better levels of service and reliability throughout their business. Through Reliatel, you'll gain higher return on investments from VoIP and unified communications technologies while lowering the associated operational support and maintenance costs. Learn more. Visit www.tonesoft.com or call 800-833-8663 for information on Reliatel by Tone Software, the solution for quality business communications. Hey, did you know that over 73% of consumer packaged goods and retail products fail miserably within their first year? Why? Because they find themselves in the pit of unawareness. You don't want to go there. Call me, and I'll make sure that your packaging gets noticed. You know how I know? Because I'm the founder and creative director of MBN Design. We're one of Orange County's most established and trusted design firms. With over 20 years of experience, I can ensure that your brand will always stay new. Ask me how our packaging sold millions in months, or see for yourself other success stories on our website at www.mbndesign.com. We're MBN because we're making brands new. Call 714-458-8701 and talk to me, Hector Garcia. That's my cell, 714-458-8701. I'll be waiting for your call. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. All of our shows can be heard anytime on Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEO have been on our radio show, and the company has put the interview on their website, as well as other business-oriented podcasting services. Scott Stroshak, who is CEO of Extelesis, is our guest, and I'd like to thank Glenn Perkins of Silicon of Renaissance Executive Forums in Silicon Valley for bringing you to our attention. Scott, before the break, I said I wanted to ask you to talk about your educational webinar series. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about that? I, I sure can. Thanks, Rick. Um, so, uh, essentially, we, we see our job as to help a customer do, do business better, right? Whether it's in cost savings or be more efficient, more effective, 
some way, somehow, our job is to make a uh, a marked uh, increase in efficiency in our in our customers. Right? That's what that's what we're here to do. Uh, and as part of that, uh, we want to make sure that no matter what technology we're deploying for for a customer, whether it be uh, a phone system or a video conferencing system or uh, new email system, whatever it, whatever it might be, that uh, users understand how to use it and are getting gaining some efficiency for for having learned how to use it. Um, deploying technology just to deploy technology doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You know, a, you, you can certainly you know replace one phone system with another phone system, but if it's not bringing you uh, some sort of benefit in, in efficiency or cost savings or whatever, there's not a whole lot of reason to uh, to do it unless, of course, the old one's broken. Right. Um, so what we want to make sure is we want to make sure that when we go uh, deploy technology for for our customers that. Uh, all the users who are going to be interacting with this technology know how know how to use it. So, starting about uh, two or three years ago, um, we we started this uh, you know educational webinar series for our for our main technology partner. Our main technology partner is a company called Shortel. They make both a a premises based and a cloud based phone system. Uh, so, as part of our 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 contract with our customers that for us to support their phone system, we started doing these educational webinars. Uh, essentially, every month, the uh, the end users from our customers can dial into to this webinar, and we uh, uh, we have one of our our training experts walk through uh, some of the features that uh, that our customers like to use, uh, so that we make sure that uh, throughout you know the the entire history of a customer doing business with us, which you know, for a phone system, could be 12, 15, 17 years, hmm. um, that the end users uh, understand how this technology works and can help them uh, be, be more efficient. So we started doing that, and it's been ter- ter- terrifically successful uh, for us. Sometimes we have 50, 60 people on these webinars from our, uh, from our customers. They can ask questions, um, hey, I want to know how to do this, I want, I want this feature, what do I do, how do I turn it on? And they can get those questions answered uh, by our by our training staff. We also do it for uh, system administrators, so we take it to sort of the next level up of how do I administer this system? You know, we want to use it for this in our company. How do I do that? And uh, uh, and we have a, a webinar for for those folks as well. And we're going to get to your uh, website here uh, in just a few moments, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're interested in in participating in Scott's company's webinars. We're going to give you an easy way to do that. Just hold on. I have one question before we get there, and that is, you know, of all the things that, Scott, you've learned in business over the years, I'm wondering if you could share with our audience what we call here on Critical Mass Radio Show your guiding principle, your overarching philosophy for how you're leading and growing Extalysis. Yeah, so so, so we have we have two. We sort of laid out a, a vision for, for the company uh, last Last year, we've been growing like crazy. We've been growing about 35, 40% a year. We just uh, did, closed the first big acquisition of a, of a company in, in Utah to sort of expand our geographic presence as well as add some more, more products to, to what we do. And uh, the guiding principle really is uh, we want to be, and this is actually what we, we wrote down as our, our vision statement, we want to be the best uh, technology partner our customers have ever done business with. Wow. It, it, it is really, uh, it's, a, it's a very broad statement, of course. It's very hard to do, and we're working really, really hard to, 
to, to, to do it, but you know, sort of that combines the, you know, some of our customers may buy technology through an online, you know, reseller. Um, there's a big one out there with three, three letters in its name uh, and whose job essentially is to, on fairly small margin, ship you a box. And they do that really, really, really well. Uh, we want to get that box there as well as they do, mm-hmm. but also on the other side of that spectrum, be the best support organization uh, that our customers have ever ha- have ever done business with. So it's a, it's a wide swath that we've that we've sort of cut for ourselves, um, and that's really what, uh, what what's guiding us. Right? We want we want every interaction with our customers to be the the best they've ever had with an IT company. That is a great uh, guiding principle, and I'm glad that Scott Stroshak of Extelisys shared it with us. I have I have a follow up question, if I may. Do you have a way of measuring, or how do you, as an organization, measure how well you're meeting your goal of being the best technology partner a client has ever had? So, so uh, th- that's an excellent question, and we're 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 working on the uh, on on the metrics that uh, that that we want to view. We have we have a few, some of which you know appear on a dashboard on on my desk every morning uh, when I sit down. Are we? Uh, are we answering the phone quickly enough, right? We want to make sure that every call that comes into support gets answered within, uh, within one minute, or if it doesn't get answered within one minute, we give the, the, uh, the caller the option to, to do something else, whether it's leave a voicemail or send an email, um, and that we're, we're meeting all of the metrics that we set forth with customers, right? Every customer signs a, an agreement that has our service levels in it, uh, and we meet every one of those every time, and we're getting pretty close to uh, to to a hundred percent of uh, of meeting those. You know, we're not we're not perfect. We don't we're we're, we're striving to be perfect, but sure. perfection is hard. So uh, we're not perfect, but we're, we're but we're pretty close. And then uh, the other one is actually measured by our biggest uh, vendor again here at Xtelesis. Um, you know, Shortel is a phone system vendor. They do a premises and a cloud-based system, and they actually call every one of our customers every year. So regardless of whether your system's been installed for you know, three days or ten years, you're going to get a phone call from, uh, from a third party, actually. That's going to measure um, uh, what we call our NPS. I believe it's called Net Promoter Score. Sure. A, me- a mechanism to sort of rate how we're doing, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, I'm very happy to say we we always rank in the world class level Fantastic. Of, uh, of net promoter score. Still, some room for for improvement, but we're we're, we're in the world class section, so Fantastic. that's a good starting point. Shortel measures that, and then they put they do combine that with some other other measurements to to do what they call their circle of excellence. And we're uh, we're happy to say that for the the past twelve months in Shortel's uh, partner year, we're number two worldwide in Shortel's circle of excellence. So, sort of, you know, points Shortel at uh, saying, "Hey, these guys know what they're doing. They do it really well. If you're considering a Shortel solution, you should call them." Great, Scott. I, I really that that was great follow up to the original question. Thank you for giving us the content. I wonder if I might be able to ask you to give us your website. If someone out there today says I want to learn more about Extelisys, how do they find you online, sir? Uh, so they can find us at www.extelisys.com and that's spelled, we started it with an X, so it's X-T-E-L-E-S-I-S 
com. Thank you for being a guest and a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass community. Again, I want to thank Glenn Perkins of Renaissance Executive Forums in Silicon Valley for bringing you and your company to our attention. Continued success, Scott. Thank you for your time. Thanks very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Evo Tijan is our second guest. He's president and CEO of Commerce West Bank. He will be in the studio when we come back after this short commercial break. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Award-winning photographer David Moyle has more than 16 years of experience creating unique and riveting photography for his clients. Whether your business is an international corporation or a small business, David Moyle's photography can make you stand out. Visit www.davidmoyle.com or call 714-272-2284. Successfully navigating the changing world of public relations and digital marketing requires an experienced, tenacious, yet gracious team. In business for more than 20 years, Orange County-based T&N Company delivers big agency results with personalized service. For more information, call us at 714-536-8407 or visit us online at tnco.me. And welcome back. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. As I said before the break, we have in the studio... Evo Tijan. And Evo, I've invited Evo to come. He is CEO uh, and president of Commerce West Bank. And I've asked him to come to the show to discuss the importance of community banking and its impact on our local business. If you're listening to us live on octalkradio.net, we'd like to say thank you. You can also find our shows as podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former radio show guests whose CEOs have been on our radio show as guests and their company has put their interview on their website as well as other business oriented podcasting services simply type in critical mass radio show in your podcasting software and you'll be able to subscribe to our show on a weekly basis evo welcome to the program thank you thank you for having me here it's I appreciate a, it's a pleasure to have you in the studio i've been looking forward to this interview since you and i met earlier this year let's start very simply by asking you to set the stage and give us some context for your bank Sure. So um, Commerce West Bank is headquartered here in Irvine, California. Uh, we have offices in uh, San Diego and Orange County. Um, primarily, we service the four major counties in Southern California, L.A., Orange County, Inland Empire, and San Diego County. Uh, mostly small and what we call small middle market companies. So those are usually revenues between $1 million to $100 million uh, privately held. 
anything from manufacturers to wholesalers, distributors, service companies, professionals. Mm-hmm. We have about two or 3,000 clients uh, in Southern California. And, um, you know, the bank has a, a very unique business model, I guess I'll call it. So uh, that, that was one of the questions I want to ask. What, in your opinion and from what your clients tell you, what makes your bank different? You know, Rick, I, I'd probably say three things. Um, number one is uh, the bank is really all things to some people versus being all things to all people. Okay. I think a bank model today is very generic. So, number one, we focus on banking the businesses, the owners, and the key executives. We're not in the business of trying to stuff mailers for home loans or home equity lines or bring in you know 10,000 free checking accounts. We really just f- focus on the business, uh, the small business and small middle market companies. Number two, what's unusual about the bank is we customize and tailor make every loan. Uh, so uh, you know, my example I like to give sometimes is like someone coming in trying to get a mortgage loan and they want a fixed rate mortgage loan and it's a 30-year fixed rate. So we tell you it's 4% 30 years. You come back to the banker and you say, I want one for 22 and a half years. Well, most bankers will look at you strangely and say, hey, Rick, there's a 15 or 30-year fixed rate product. Right. <clears throat> Which one do you want? At Commerce West, we ask the reason why. Okay. It makes sense why you should have a 22 and a half year mortgage. We actually create a 22 and a half year mortgage mm. product for you. So every loan in the system, especially for businesses, are customized and tailor-made versus taking one um, you know, and putting you in a box or a pricing sheet or a FICO-driven product. That's mm-hmm. unusual. Probably less than 1% of all banks really customize and tailor-make their products. Interesting. And the third thing is we do the same thing on the depository side. You know, We create a customized business analyzed business checking account for you. We can create money market accounts with different tiers or different rates for you. So uh, I think the bank is unusual that instead of the transactional or the volume side of it, mm-hmm. we grow one relationship at a time. Overall, uh, Evo, isn't that one of the values of working with a community bank is the ability to sort of get a personalized service? But it sounds like you're taking that personalized service down even to a deeper level of customization of, of product offering and services as well. You know, I think being involved, um, you know, I, I grew up in the large banks and been in the small banks. I think in the smaller banks, you do have more of the ability as a business owner to sort of tell your story and have uh, a good working relationship. I think where Commerce West Bank differentiates ourselves a little bit more is we treat it sort of as a partnership. Uh, we want to get to understand how, you know, how your business functions and how to make it successful. Well, <clears throat> I think the only way to do that is sort of what we've des- designed in our proven business model, which is customizing things that really fit for the business owner. So most of our clients typically come from the larger banks, the J.P. Morgan Chase, okay. the okay. Wells Fargo, <clears throat> you know, maybe the Union Bank of California. And the reason being is most of these business owners are, are actually in the retail branches where they have cookie-cutter products <clears throat> that are off the rack. Mm-hmm. And you know, another example I can give is almost like getting a customized tailor-made suit. I don't think most people know better until they have one on, and then they realize that maybe the ones that they get at the store are, are a little bit baggier or they don't fit as well. For a business, that is important to do is you've got to get something that really fits for what their needs are, whether they're trying to grow their company, whether they're trying to have succession planning, or they're going to a different business line or product line. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Evo Tijan. He is CEO of Commerce West Bank. We're talking about in the first segment, kind of the differentiation of a community bank and the differentiation specifically of Commerce West Bank. You said you, you had a kind of a history and a, a career path in bigger banks. Quickly, give us give us your the genesis of your career at this point. Sure. Um, I think I was about 17 when I came home, about 17 or 18. I graduated high school, and uh, I told my father 
that I knew what my calling was. Whoa. And he said, uh, and what is that, my son? And my father's a very traditional kind of guy, and um, he, I told him that I wanted to be a banker. I'm not sure he was happy at the time. His, his uh, comment was, he said, I want you to uh, do what your brother and sister did, go out and get a uh, you know, student loan, go to college for four or five years, then come home and tell me what you want to be. Mm. Um, so to not disappoint him, um, since he didn't have any money and I didn't have any money, I decided to work during the day, went to school at night. Okay. So uh, applied at four or five uh, different banks, got accepted to one. So I, I, you know, my career started off, I think, what became Household Finance. It became First Interstate Bank. <clears throat> and then I went to uh, Great Western Bank, um, Home Savings America, El Dorado Bank, and then went up to uh, Commerce West. So uh, I progressed, um, I guess, fairly quickly in my career. So I've been fortunate in that sense. And um, that's how I ended up with Commerce West. And how long have you been with Commerce West? Uh, so I must have started when I was 10, I guess. Because, <laughs> yeah, these... um, so I've been there probably 13, 14 years. Really? And uh, I was the founder of the bank. Um, so we actually launched the bank at the end of 2001. Wow. What made you want to do that? Uh, it's an interesting question. I was, at the time, um, I'm not really sure my wife was happy because um, I had a, a pretty good career. Okay. And um, I decided uh, to resign. I think, I don't know, I gave like an eight-week resignation. Mm-hmm. I had my son who was nine months old. Wow. I was sitting over dinner with my wife and... Um, I told her that um, you know I I left I left the job and I'm going to start this thing called Commerce West and um, I think she almost reached across Rick and, and <laughs> took me out because she says you got a nine month old so yeah. what's what's the plan what are you and, doing here and uh, my vision for Commerce West at the time was to create what I call the Nordstroms or American Express of banking okay um, to try to high service model <clears throat> high service very focused very niche minded uh, again it wasn't all things to all people it was all right. things to some people. And the ideology there was to create this business model that was unique in the sense of customization and tailor-making products, but focusing really on what we considered the most underserved business, you know, underserved market for banking, which was the small and small middle market companies. Mm. Those are the usually the individuals that can't get the services. I think retail you can, you know, you you, you want fifty thousand ATMs and you, right. and you want the ability to access your account, you know, many different ways, but. Uh, we think for small business owners and small and and small middle market companies, uh, they need that. They need right. a Commerce West Bank, and and that banking partnership is so critical for small and middle market companies, it especially is. as they're growing. <clears throat> you know, if you look at the U.S. market, you know, uh, community banks or smaller banks actually play a much bigger role in small business loans than their counterparts. Hmm. And it was the same for us, you know, in the larger banks, um, when, I, when I was with the larger banks. So, so yes, it, it plays an important part in the local and even the national economy as well. So Commerce West Bank is really a manifestation of your entrepreneurial spirit then? Yes, I think, I think it surprises a lot of people at the time, but, um, <clears throat> you know, it was something that was sort of a goal or, or a dream or a vision, and I had a lot of great people surrounding me. Um, That's important, time, isn't it? And, and a lot of great clients, actually, that um, you know decided to, to, I guess, buy on on the dream and right. and uh, felt that you know the business model was a great, solid business plan. And you know, the company just got named last week the thirty second highest performing bank in the nation. Congratulations! Um, that's out of all banks, <clears throat> large and small. So to be thirty two, um, wow. something that we're we're pretty proud of. So okay. the bank's done really well. That's congratulations. I didn't rec- I didn't realize that, and that's a that's a great badge of success that shows that you're making progress and you're one of the lead banks. Then, in that sense, it 
32nd. Yeah, the, the team has done well, and that was something that we were really, really proud of. Great. We're talking with Evo Tijan, and we're going to take a break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. He is CEO of Commerce West Bank. When we come back, I'm going to ask you to talk about some of the most important elements in business banking, and also we're going to talk about the three causes of failures of business. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. You're going to want to hear Evo's answers to those questions and more after these words from our sponsors. Let's face it, not all company challenges are the same, which is why strategic market intelligence can help identify the actionable information you need to be more competitive. Gain a better understanding of your brand, competition, best prospects, or new product opportunities to generate greater revenues in 2015. Call 949-357-9547 or visit www.strategicmarketintelligence.com. Are you ready to tap into the power of social media to promote your business? It's easy to get social with Turn Up the Volume, the award-winning social media marketing professionals who know how to get results. Drive web traffic, boost sales, get social today. Visit www.turnupthevolume.com. That's turnupthevolume.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Evo Tijan is our guest. He's CEO of Commerce West Bank. You're listening to us live on octalkradio.net, and all of our archives, our podcasts, can be found on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guests' websites whose companies have put the interview I did with their CEO on their website, as well as various other business-oriented podcasting services. Before the break, Evo, I said we are going to talk about a couple things. The first one I'd like to get to is... In your experience, what's the most important element in business banking? In other words, how, and how do you apply this factor in helping middle market companies succeed? You know, I, I guess you could look at it from two different perspectives, whether it's uh, the relationship from the bank side or the client side. I think today, based on sort of the regulatory environment that we're in, and um, it, it would be wiser for businesses to understand that they need to have a partner, <clears throat> a, a financial partner. I think banks play an important role in the sense that they they are actually, I guess I consider them the largest shareholder of your company. Okay. Right? Where you have relationships maybe with attorneys and CPAs and they're billing you. It's not good or bad. They're billing you. Mm-hmm. We sort of invest into the company. <clears throat> so I think on the business banking side, you really want to get to the decision makers. You want to get into um, – the true art of commercial banking. There's there's very few commercial bankers left out there. That's different than mortgage bankers and all. People that can really 
dig into your balance sheet and your income statement and help you understand how to grow the company mm. or how to um, create a different business model within it. And I think that's sort of the partnership, I think, in business banking that you really need to have today because the world has gotten more complex and it's definitely gotten a lot more competitive. Right. Thank you. Let's talk about the three causes of failures in business. This was something that you and I discussed when I met with you earlier, and I thought, well, we've got to, I've got to bring your real-world knowledge here and share it with our audience. So, Rick, what I, I think you asked me a question. You said, you know, what, what are the three causes that you know, make a company fail? And I said, you know, through, through my experience through all the years, there's really three things. Uh, number one is growth. I think what most business owners and businesses don't understand is that it's not because you're in the restaurant business or you're in a retail shop or you run a yogurt store. Uh, I think it primarily has to do with growth. Growth has the ability to eat up all of your working capital. It does. So sometimes I joke around with business owners. They come back with their financial statements and they show net income of a million dollars. And they sit back with me and they said, Eva, why why do I have negative $25,000 in my checking account? (laughs) So so number one – Where's all that profit? Yeah, number one, you have to manage growth, understand growth, and that once you grow at a certain percentage, um, you're either going to have to have a rich uncle or rich aunt, or you're going to have a banker, you know, be really involved in that partnership. Okay. Number two is what I call debt structure. I think a lot of people don't understand that uh, proper debt structure is really the only way that you can manage a company, whether it's growing or not growing. So what do I mean? Uh, It's almost like taking a line of credit. And as easily as buying uh, equipment or buying a car with it. <clears throat> I think people don't understand you've now uh, commingled the debt. Should be There should be a line of credit for short-term working capital okay. for your time and differences of collecting your receivables and your, you know, paying your payables. And there's another portion that really is what I consider long-term working capital. You take a car or you take this table that we have here. It's a depreciating asset. Yes. <clears throat> when it's a depreciating asset, you don't want it on an interest-only type of payment where you sort of fool yourself at the end and don't realize that the principal stays exactly the same over a five-year period where you might have to realize that the car five or ten years from now might be worth a tenth of the cost. Right. <clears throat> so I think debt structure is also an important thing. Number three, I think, is understanding cash flow. I believe that most business owners and entrepreneurs have a great way to grow their business. But when you start sitting down with them and showing them their balance sheet or their income statement <clears throat> and saying, hey, where's the cash flow coming out? I don't think most of them really understand it. Hmm. <clears throat> so I think really understanding your cash flow, uh, not not just by EBITDA or anything like that, but really understanding your sources and uses and what you're going to be using the cash for, I think is an important element. So I would say that those are probably the three things that typically cause a business to either have issues or maybe sometimes go out of business. Right. Um, but if you can manage those three things, I think you'll do really, really well as a company. Is this a part of how Commerce West Bank approaches new clients as well? Is, th- is this in your DNA to start to ask these questions to create awareness within your new clients? It is. You know, someone asked me this morning, they said, Eva, why, why did you get into banking? Right, and to be quite honest, the number one reason um, is that I, I wanted to help people become more successful. Really, I, I love hearing the stories where they start from the garage, and I can help them become a ten million, a five million, a twenty, a thirty million dollar company uh, to as big as a billion dollar company. To be quite honest, in the past, <clears throat> but I think the fundamental part there is that in that partnership, I think you help them outside of just banking. You help them, you know, have the ability to take a trade discount <clears throat> or recreate. 
the, their workflows or their process or how they want to invest into their company. And I think that's where a you know a banker, I think a commerce plus banker differentiates ourselves is the success of the company is ultimately our success, but we go beyond, right? When you talk about you know the ability of understanding cash flow. We spend mm-hmm. the time to sit down with our business owners to make them understand how to read cash flow and and why there are some certain triggers or covenants that are important. We give them the math of saying here's a certain growth rate. If you grow over twenty five percent, you're going to have to have outside financing. Anything under twenty five percent growth, you'll be fine. You'll do it from your own cash flow. Got it. <clears throat> so I think those are the things. Um, that I believe um, that you need to help entrepreneurs and business owners and CEOs and executives with. And that's what we do. Excellent. Well, I'm really enjoying this conversation we're having today with Evo Tijan. He is CEO, founder of Commerce West Bank. Uh, we have about five minutes left, so I, I've got two questions I'd like to get into the five minutes. And the first one is, quickly, what are you seeing as trends in the banking industry? What should CEOs of middle market companies be learning from you about what are the future trends in banking? Well, I, you know, there's definitely, I think, from the banking industry, so a consolidation that you're seeing out there. There's there's less and less of us. I think there's a, uh, something like 150, approximately 150 banks left in California. I think what middle market companies should be looking at is um, you want to get together with what I call more of a C&I lender if you're looking for working capital. There's a lot of real estate banks out there, and then, right. and then uh, there's banks that I think are on the larger scales, like the, you know the, the large banks out mm-hmm. there that – sort of offer a multitude of different types of products and services. <clears throat> I think what you need to get to today as a middle market company is get in front of commercial or business bankers, people that really deal with businesses in and out, not necessarily construction loans or mortgage bankers and things of that nature. So my advice would be, I think, if I ran a middle market company, whatever bank it is that you go to, get in front of real business commercial bankers, people yep. that do business loans, not, again, mortgage loans right. or consumer loans or home equity lines. That would be my advice. Yeah, and you said earlier they're harder and harder to find. They are. Um, we joke around the industry. We're sort of like a dying breed, right? Uh, it's like the like the dinosaurs, I guess. <clears throat> Let's hope not. Uh, there's very few commercial banks and commercial bankers. Hmm. Uh, there's, you know, uh, obviously a lot of retail bankers and mortgage bankers, and that, those industries continue to seem to, to grow in some capacity. Uh, but I think a true commercial banker, someone that can tear through your balance sheet and income statement and talk about your business model and how you grow the company, um, those are a dime and a dozen. Those are those are a rare breed. Right. I grew up with a lot of those uh, individuals. Actually, most of them have retired or mm. become CEOs or CFO of, of companies or okay. joined private equity. But um, those are the type of bankers I think that you want to deal with if you're a business owner today. Certainly sounds like it from this conversation today here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Evo Tijan, last question, your guiding principle. I ask uh, as many guests as I can over the years this question. When I mean guide, What I mean by guiding principle, Evo, is of all the philosophies and lessons that you've learned in business, is there kind of an overarching philosophy or a core principle that you're using to continue to lead and grow Commerce West Bank? You know, the one thing that probably comes to mind right now is someone once told me it's not the mileage of the car, but where the car has been. So um, I I grew up um, fairly fast in the banking industry. And, um, you know, I I remember that that I was always hypercritical of uh, my age and I was always hypercritical of certain things like that. And um, one day someone told me, they said, Evo, it's not the mileage of the car. It's where the car has been is most important. From uh, as a business leader, I think that taught me a lot. I think uh, you know you can say that's you know not judging a book by its cover, but right. <clears throat> I think you can have freeway miles and you can have stop and go miles. Right. Uh, so I think when and you off road miles, <clears throat> off road miles. <clears throat> so I think what you want to do is be able to when you hire people or look for the best and retain the best out there. 
is that I don't think you necessarily judge from a resume that has 10 years of experience or 20 years of experience okay. or 30 years. It could be good that they have 30. It could be bad they have 30. Right, yeah. <clears throat> it could be good that they have 10. It's just a fact, right? It's just a fact. So I think if you can reach beyond that, including business owners today, there are some that are 80 years old that are still out there doing really well. Right. <clears throat> There's some that are in their 20s and 30s that are doing really well. I think to judge them based on the number of years um, is probably the wrong, you know, uh, methodology. So what I've learned in my career is that I was so critical about that uh, that I remember I didn't show up to an award function because of my age. I was named uh, the youngest vice president for this bank. It was a large bank. I didn't show up because I didn't want – most of my managers at the time, was they were in their 40s or 50s, and uh, that's when I got that advice from someone. And I've always stuck that as, as – sort of a a philosophical statement when you're hiring people, when you're looking at clients, is that you really judge them for who they are. You judge them for the actions that that they do, for their ability and their skill sets, whether natural or inherited. But um, I think that's helped us a lot. Um, you know, as leaders and you know, in, in the bank, to really hire the best, retain the best, and get the best clients out there. We've mm-hmm. taken a lot of entrepreneurial um, risks, I guess we could say, by banking some companies that we really bet it on the individual. Right, bet on the people. And, um, so it's not the mileage of the car; it's where the car has been. I guess is my one of my philosophies that I, I guess, stuck to me right now. I love asking that question. I've been asking it since we started the show, and many times I hear something that I uh, I have never heard before. Today is one of those. So thank you, oh, Evo, thanks. for giving me a new perspective and insight. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate you having me here. All right. If someone would like to learn more about Commerce West Bank, where should they go online? How do they find you? Uh, they just go to cwbk.com. So it's commercewestbank.com, cwbk.com. They can email me if they want. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm easily accessible, itjan at cwbk.com. They can call the office if they're old-fashioned, uh, 949-251-6959. So uh, we're pretty easily accessible, and we have a, a pretty flat organization. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we're, we're open to any discussions or any questions or advice if people want for anything uh, in terms of banking or or business. Well, I've been looking forward to this interview for some time. You did not disappoint. It was a great, thoughtful conversation. Thank you for being a friend of the program, and and welcome to the Critical Mass Business community, Evo. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate being here. It's an honor uh, to be here, and I mean that sincerely, and uh, I wish you well. Thank you. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to say goodbye here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, I hope that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 